Welcome back to Cow Punchers, where the beer is warm, the women cold, and the bullets fly thick. I'm your saloon keeper. What do you have? Whiskey? I'm Stu Kaufman. And I'm your huckleberry, Amy McLeod. And tonight we watched 1969's Charo, starring Elvis. What else do you need to know? I, well, it was directed by Charles Marquis Warren, and it also starred Ina Balin and Victor French, but it has... Elvis. <laughs> yes. And on our last podcast, uh, we kind of gave it a little bit of a, maybe an unfair shake. We were ridiculing the concept of Charo because Elvis was in it, and mm-hmm. yet he does not sing. But he does sing the intro music. I mean, you do, he doesn't sing on screen, but he did record the, the, uh, the opening credits, which... Uh, I did note that it's the longest opening credits we've seen to date. Yes, they went on for the whole song. You know, I mean, I guess when you get Elvis and he's going to sing the intro, you're not going to have like a 30 second intro. You're going to have a full like five minute. Yeah, the, the song. three and a half to four minute song. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it was nice. It was very catchy. I liked it. Oh, yeah. Talking it was about a- Charo. And man, there's a reason he's the king. Yes. He sounded great, and uh, I have to tell you, right from the beginning when we first see Elvis, uh, I was pleasantly surprised to see he has a beard. Yeah, it's a handsome beard. He looked he looked pretty hot. I was like, <laughs> Elvis with a little five o'clock shadow beard thing, uh, pretty good. My fiance Rebecca, she on more than one occasion admired Elvis's butt. I didn't. I didn't take too much notice of his butt myself. Uh, but I, you know, if I wanted to watch this again, I can. Uh, we'd have butt watch twenty twenty. <laughs> butt watch twenty twenty. All right. Well, well, that's a, that's a t- completely different podcast. Amy, won't you give us a uh, the rundown on this here picture show? Sure. So, uh, in this film, we have Elvis, who is Jess Wade, a former bandit outlaw no good son of a gun mm-hmm. who has uh ditched the gang to try and go on the straight and narrow uh but he gets lured back in uh they they trick him uh the the head of the the gang his name is was it vince or vance bob vance vance refrigeration uh vince. i think it was vince vince it was vince yeah vince uh and we'll we'll talk about vince but Vince is very upset that Elvis would dare leave him <laughs> and yeah. the gang um, and was basically saying, hey, you only got $6 in your wallet. Look what we got. And they had a big gold and silver cannon that they had stolen and they were planning on auctioning it off to the highest bidder. Mm-hmm. Um, and they said, hey, guess what? The only uh, identifiable member of the gang who anyone saw steal this thing was uh, Jess Wade, and he can be identified by some gnarly-ass wound on his neck. And uh, so what do they do? They hold down poor Elvis and put mm-hmm. a gnarly-ass wound on his neck. They burn it. So then it's like, ha-ha, now you know, you're wanted everywhere, and now you have this noticeable neck wound, so you're totally going to go to jail. Yeah. Uh, the yeah. first of their many mistakes, the first being injuring the king. Yeah, how dare you? How <laughs> dare you? He's the king. He's the king. 
So, uh, Jess ends up going to uh, a town, which I think his lady, where his lady friend lives. And, um, so the idiot brother of Vince goes to the town, you know, for some drinking and whoring like you do. Oh yeah. And, uh, Jess confronts him, and after a scuffle, a little bit of a shootout, uh, the brother, who is Billy Roy, who sucks, he uh, shoots the sheriff, Billy Roy, and ends up in jail. So then there's a standoff sort of between the town and vince and the bandits because vince is like let my little brother go or i'm gonna blow up your town with this cannon um so that's kind of the the main issue you know the the main gosh i can't think of words conflict the word was conflict for those playing the cowpunchers home game (laughs) well done Amy. conflict the the between the antagonist and the protagonist indeed did you you paid attention during high school English? Uh, kind of. Depending, was it a morning class? Was it my A day or B day? I don't remember. Miss Farley, uh, if you're listening, we're sorry. <laughs> so that was the kind of the main conflict of the movie is Elvis, who is just Wade. He wants to turn over a new leaf. He doesn't want to be an outlaw anymore. He promised uh, Tracy, his lady love, that. He would stop being a gang member, um, and he's trying to prove to her and to the town that he is turned over a new leaf and is going to do the right thing. Right. That he is an, an honest man. He's clean. Yes. And to be honest, you know, this was really good. I guess I came in with pretty I, low yeah. expectations. I haven't seen a ton of Elvis movies, so I don't really have anything at top of mind to compare it to. Mm-hmm. But, um, man, I mean, it had my attention the whole time. Yeah, it was a solid Western. This was beyond question is I had a good time. Yeah, and I can definitely see, like, why they would have first asked Clint Eastwood to do the the main role of Jess Wade. It was a very Clint Eastwood type role, like, oh, yeah, hard looking fella. It would have been a great movie with him in it. Yeah. And and Elvis did great. I expected him to come off as very cheesy or to overact, but I thought his acting was pretty solid. Yeah, and it uh, looks like, let's see, Elvis was in 31 movies, it seems here, according to IMDb. I'm trying to see if any of the other ones of these is a Western. Yeah, I thought he was in some other Westerns, but uh, again, I'm not... I'm not a huge Elvis yeah. person. I mean, I think he's pretty great, but I can't say I know all of his movies. I think this might be his only Western, which is a shame. Yeah, it was really good. I would watch more. I don't think I missed having a musical number you know, with with him <laughs> in there. I think having him sing the intro was enough. Oh, yeah. Can we talk about Billy Roy? Let's talk about Billy Roy. Billy Roy... Is, is a dipshit. The, yes. He's the little brother in question who's been thrown in jail. And is just goes from moron to coke-fueled maniac in no time at all. Exactly. Yeah, like the first few, 
um, scenes with Billy Ray, he's introduced, and I've seen this archetype before, of uh, of you know Western outlaw lackey. Oh yeah, he, he's the one who's behind the uh, the main guy going like, <laughs> yeah, get him, yeah, boss. get him, boss. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> bang bang. Right, right. Or he like looks at the good guy and he's like, Haha, you think you're pretty smart. <laughs> you know, the laughing one. All right, Billy, see what he's got on him. <laughs> I'd say he's got on him uh, boots, pants, <laughs> some kind of shirt, some kind of hat. <laughs> That's what I'd say he's got on him, Vince. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, so he comes across as, you, you, you know right away, like, all right, he's a big dummy. And Huge dummy. Do you want to punch him? As hard as you can. But then I feel like after those first few scenes, the director was like, all right, Billy Ray, you're doing great. I love it. It's good stuff. But what I really want you to do for the rest of the movie is I really need for you to just shout all of your lines. Now, here's some uppers and a line of cocaine. Go at it. <laughs> Go nuts. <laughs> yeah, because he goes from like, you know, Western Beavis and Butthead to, like, Full clearly on, on acid. Coke-fueled, acid-fueled maniac. Just be like, ah! Woo! <laughs> like, yeah, yeah it, it, he was out of control. He started, like, doing some weird rhymes and stuff. Like, oh, if a girl has blue eyes, she'll always be true. If she's got green eyes, she might be mean uh, you know i don't know but i was like what is he talking about she might be a stupid bird like what are it's you like, going on about you stark raving maniac yeah and he would just laugh it was like blackjack levels of laughter out of him <laughs> oh yeah although without the menacing threat of the vengeance of god you hear that bitch they're fixing to hang your little brother <laughs> as opposed to just be like <laughs> right. I just wanted somebody to pistol whip that man so bad. Yeah, there was that nice scene where uh, Elvis was like, hey, you better lie down until that bump on your head, the swelling goes down. He's like, what bump on my head? And then he just grabs his head and slams it into the bars. He's like, well, <laughs> you got one now. Although, you know, Amy, in a way, he did get pistol whipped. Elvis pistol whipped him with a cannon. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Yes. So I thought that was very poetic. So yeah. Vince is, and several times through the movie, he says, you know, Billy Roy is my problem. I know he's an idiot. He's my brother, but he's my problem. So there's some like brotherly love there. He, he Vince feels this need to take care of his brother. Find my asshole, brother. Despite yeah. how horrible both of them are. Um, but the movie ends with the cannon that vince stole mm -hmm. uh falling off of the wagon rolling down a hill and killing his brother so it's kind of like hey look man your problems in your life vince are your own doing you're the one trying to protect your brother and guess what your actions directly led to his death you, you blew it you blew it big time yeah let's talk about this cannon because it, it's the MacGuffin of the movie. There was a history nerd on staff when they wrote this because it was like stolen from Chapultepec 
uh, palace in Mexico City. It's very which, specific. That is a feat. I, I'm not familiar with this palace. Do you have any uh, insight for the audience? It is uh, the National Museum of History of Mexico. So oh. that that's wow. So somebody probably was vacationing in Mexico and said, you know what we need to do? We need to make a movie with Elvis where he prevents the theft of a gold cannon. <laughs> yeah, they were they were at the museum. Yeah, and, and they were like, oh, I need a MacGuffin for this movie. Like, what's mm-hmm. it going to be? It's due in, like, the day I get back. Oh, God. And then they're at the museum, and it's like, that cannon looks rad as hell. We're putting <laughs> it in the movie. Yeah. So the central um, description of this cannon is that it was the last cannon fired against the old um, French puppet ruler of Mexico, Emperor Maximilian. Uh, and then after the war, they they took this cannon and they gilded it with like so many pounds of gold over the over the brass or bronze, and then you know the fixings holding it together were made out of silver and other precious you know metals and what have you. And then all that historical research was thrown to the wind when they actually decided to fire the cannon, which was just like they poured like gunpowder down it, and then they put a piece of TNT down there. Now, for my fellow history nerds, this was a type of artillery piece called a Napoleon cannon, which is, I believe it, I believe it's bronze. Yeah, it's bronze. Um, I'm surely wrong about this at some point. But anyway, it's 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 cast. And uh, I'm pretty sure if you put a high grade of dynamite down that with nothing protecting it between it and the charge to propel it, it's going to make the can explode because it is not rated for that. Yeah, um, this is another instance of... Uh, that's not how dynamite works, but okay. We see that a lot. Plot. <laughs> right. It works now because plot. Yeah, I mean, I guess at that period of time it probably would have been difficult and highly suspicious to obtain cannonballs true but they're also in the desert surrounded by rocks yeah throw a rock in there it doesn't have to be round they didn't care much it's not like you gotta aim right as long as you're not forcing it down the barrel of the gun it should be able to expel it out the other end well i guess now i guess we're getting into the physics of cannonry but, uh, <laughs> I mean, depending on the type of rock, maybe it would just explode. Wait, what but, I mean? mean, I guess we're talking about a movie where they're shoving sticks of dynamite and then he's acting like the length of fuse on the stick of dynamite is uh, going to make no. a difference. No, no, son. <laughs> yeah, so I think a rock would be more believable than what they were doing. Oh, absolutely. This, what they were doing is they were putting down a stick of dynamite, and they'll just be like, oh, see, so many inches, that's how many yards you might get out of the stick of dynamite, and then it'll explode upon impact, which I'm like, no, you stick a piece of dynamite down there with nothing to protect it from the explosive charge that's propelling it, and that whole gun's going to explode, and you're all dead. Yeah. Also, since we're talking about the cannon, uh, when it was initially brought up, uh, Elvis saw the cannon and was like, see, look, you only have $6 in your wallet. We got this cannon. And he's like, oh, are you going to melt it down and sell it? And they're like, nah, we're going to sell it to the highest bidder because it's like an important... Historical his- artifact. Yeah, historical artifact. And I'm like, 
who the hell is going to buy that? Right. Unless you have a buyer, anywhere you go to try and sell that, someone's just going to be like, I'll just take the the money for turning you in rather right. than have all the whole army of Mexico on my ass. Exactly. the And the American army, which is also mentioned as being like, no, this, this, this will not stand. Right. Like, we cannot have a bunch of uh, American outlaws stealing uh, an important artifact from Mexico. Mm-hmm. Like, that'd be like somebody stealing the damn Statue of Liberty or the Liberty Bell. Like... Mm-hmm. Our allies would hopefully assist us. Especially after the Mexican government went through the hard the hard work of throwing out a puppet ruler of a, of a foreign power. Right. It's like, I think we have a similar story, so we would be very sympathetic. Right. We so, hate foreign monarchs ruling over us. That's, you know, America and Mexico together at last. Right. Right. <laughs> we support that. So we would definitely uh, uh, not stand for someone stealing the symbol of that. Right, looking at you, Canada, you and your foreign monarch. <laughs> One day, they'll get that queen out of there. Elizabeth II, queen of Canada. <laughs> you know, maybe that's what Prince Harry should do. He should become king of Canada. I'm sure they'd let him. <laughs> I mean, I don't know. We have like a gilded toque. <laughs> so, I mean, I know we started off talking about Billy Roy and how much he sucks. He sucks majorly. I think we covered that. We covered the canon. I'd like to talk about Vince a little more. But go go on. Vince has some issues here, guys. I uh, think I yeah. think Elvis left a abusive relationship with Vince. I think that that's was, what happened. That was like a perfect metaphor for that because the the opening scene, it, it, the the gang had lured Elvis into a cantina under the guise that his lady friend had asked to meet him there. So then he goes to the bar and is like, hey, some lady asking to see me. And the guy's like, uh. And then all the outlaws pop out and they take him out to the middle of the desert. And then Vince goes on and on. I I, I almost started counting and I wish I had, but he said multiple times to Elvis, you left me. You left me, Jess. You left me. Somebody left me. You. I no don't one. want... No one leaves me. Yeah. How could you leave me? Nobody leaves me. Aren't you sad that you left me? And I'm like, that is some codependent... Now you should have never left me, Jess. That is El- not good. And Elvis just has this look on his face like, dude, like, let it go. We had a thing. Now we don't. Move on. That was never any future with you, Vince. Right. I mean, if you love Elvis, you'll let him go. <laughs> exactly. And then maybe the king will come back to you. But if he doesn't, them's the breaks. If I live to be a hundred, I'll never get over it. Yeah, just cherish that moment you had with Elvis. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> but that that kind of tied in at one point when uh, Billy Ray was in jail talking to Elvis. Billy Ray was like, you know, I always admired you. And I always liked you uh, because you you were able to leave my brother. You left and and you did something on your own and and it was almost then he's like and now you're back dancing to his tune again so i feel like the brother even though he is an idiot has been is probably held back by his kind of overprotective overbearing mm-hmm. uh brother so that was an interesting piece of writing as well i enjoyed that i feel like a lot of times 
when they write a villain, especially a villain who's like a gang leader or bandit leader or something like that, they're just kind of generically greedy in their motivations. They're pretty one-dimensional, one-note, like, I'm a bad guy. I just Ooh, want money. I but want this money. one, I thought it was interesting how, you know, his relationship to other people. He didn't want people to leave him. He didn't want Elvis to leave. Like, he took it, he seemed to take it so personally yeah. that Elvis had left. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, 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 like I said, it definitely smacked of like, like how dare he leave? And I'm so disappointed. I'm so torn up. But you know, I'd be upset at too if Elvis left. But I, I mean, I think right. I'd like to think I'd be able to handle it better if if Elvis left. I think you'd handle it in a more mature manner. I mean, you know, you could be sad. Go ahead, cry. Mm-hmm. It's okay to be Absolutely. hurt when someone leaves your life, but you got to move on. Right. Like you know, it's a huge bummer. But yeah. then you have to ask yourself, what did you do to drive the king away? <laughs> right. How did I drive Elvis away? But, you know, it's also important not to blame yourself. Sometimes things just don't work out. And that's okay. That's life. I'm going to write a whole just... book that's called, Maybe Elvis Just Isn't That Into You. <laughs> <laughs> Elvis is just not that into you. You know, it's important. Everyone should read it. Anyone who feels hung up on the king. Like, it's Okay. And, you know, yeah, when someone leaves you, you don't have to frame them for stealing a national treasure and then branding their neck. Yeah. You that's really don't. Genuinely not cool. Agreed. Yeah. Like, just, like, let that go. Like, hustle that cannon, like, out of the country. Yeah, I mean, I, I would have liked to have seen where they were planning like what weird western black market is going to let you sell the freaking uh you know victory cannon of mexico and clearly these guys were not smart because they were willing to like i don't know like stuff like dynamite down it in the hopes that they could like blow up a town right yeah i was like why yeah that was their ploy too so that was part of the movie they're like if you don't let uh, Billy Roy go, we're going to level the town with this one cannon. And I'm like, what? I feel like if you started shooting a cannon at a town, everyone with a rifle would start marching up that hill and picking you off to get you to stop. Absolutely. Just one cannon. Oh, yeah. All you yeah, got to exact- do is get out of the line of sight of it, run around back, and there you go. Right. It's going to take you at least 30 to 40 seconds to like reload the damn thing, and that's more than enough time for like people to start taking pot shots at you. Exactly. Exactly. Which, let's talk about the town. I feel like everyone but Elvis and um, Sheriff Dan... You know what? I'm going to call him Sheriff Dad, because that's the energy he brought to this movie. Uh, He had big dad energy. (laughs) And at first, I thought he was, you know... Elvis's dad in the movie, like, like I did the too. Because the way Elvis says "dad" almost sounds like he said "dad." Hi, Dan. And, and then he was like, "Oh, I remember all your lectures and your cups of coffee." And I was like, "Well, that must be his dad. Like, that's yeah, that's what dads do." Right? They lecture you and drink a lot of coffee. Yeah. As I remember, one of your punishments along with your lectures was drinking your coffee. Here's yeah, the, yeah, all, yeah, and it was like good dad energy, you know, oh, just yeah. be like, like I'm not mad at your son. I'm just disappointed. Exactly. Yeah, because like, there were wanted posters with uh, his name on it. It was like, ah, Jess Wade is this big a-hole, so. <laughs> and, he, and like, Sheriff Dad is like, 
I just want to hear it from you first. Right. Like, like did tell you me do you it? did it. I loved that, too. Because he's like, like never I don't li- think you, you did it. You never lied to me before. Tell me. <laughs> yeah, he's like, I know what you've done, but I know you've never lied, so tell me. And he was like, no, I didn't do it. And then he showed him the thing on his neck, and he's like, yeah, Vince gave that to me, that a-hole. And and Sheriff Dad was like, yeah, Vince is a pretty big asshole. Yeah. Fuck that. Mm-hmm. Fuck that guy. Poor Sheriff but, uh, Dad. Yeah, he, yeah. He Spoiler. gets hit by a cannonball. No, he didn't get hit by a cannonball. His house got hit by a piece of dynamite. Oh, that's right. Up. I'm sorry. There were no cannonballs. Right, but yeah. Surrounded by rocks. They couldn't figure out to, like, put that in the cannon. Sheriff Dad deserved better. He did. He deserved a much better death. He did. It's like, come on, guys. It's Sheriff Dad. So, yeah, I liked Sheriff Dad. Uh, let's talk about his lady friend a little bit, Tracy. His wife. Oh, 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 Elvis is a Elvis lady friend. Yeah, lady Tra- friend. Tracy was good. I liked that actress. And uh, one of the things I liked that that uh, that Becca pointed out, because she watched uh, a good chunk of this movie with me, is that Tracy makes a suggestion and be like, why don't you put guys on roofs? And Elvis is like, uh-huh. <laughs> and he does it. He follows through like, wish, wish I had thought of that first. Well, no. See, that was the joke. He kind of says it to her like, yeah, that's a good idea. And then she goes outside and they're up on the roof. Oh, okay. I, I, I thought maybe there was a time shift. But no, that was um, pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, she's a thinker. And she also had a little fr- lady friend, her little uh, bestie, Marcy, um, who Marcy doesn't get a lot of lines, but I thought just the way she carried herself and the way that uh, her and Tracy were seen together, I was like, I want to see this movie from their point of view. Yeah. Running that hotel. I was like, what's their story? Marcy was cool, too. She was like real tall, too. I wouldn't be surprised if she was at least six feet tall. Yeah, and I thought they were going to do more with her um, because she was in a couple scenes and she was kind of always with uh, Tracy, Mm -hmm. but she didn't really have much to do with the the plot. But I was like, I really like that character. She kind of stole the scenes she was in. Marcy's the kind of woman I point to and I'm like, they should like make professional baseball co-ed. I bet she could knock the cover off a ball. Oh, hell yeah. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, she could she could play softball or, you know, she could mm-hmm. play baseball. Play hardball. Because but, uh, she, she looked like she could hold her own, and that's why I really like it, because, uh, like, Billy Roy, you know, great dipshit of the American West, like, corners her on the uh, the, oh, uh, yeah. the the sidewalk out front of the saloon. Miss Tracy, I think it's called, what, Tracy's Saloon? Or uh, Miss Tracy's? It was called, uh, I think it was the, the bar at the Tilford Hotel. Ah, thank you. Billy Roy is like tries to do the creep boy thing. We like, don't you want to be with me, little lady? <sighs> Disgusting. All right, let me paw at you with my my drunken breath all over you. Exactly. Don't I smell like Kentucky gent? <laughs> so I and then like old granddad. And she is like decidedly unimpressed. Like she's got a look on her face, be like, "You need to back off, bud, before I rip your eyeballs out." Right now, I'm just considering go getting the sheriff. Yeah, and that's exactly what she did. She like went right away and uh, and got the sheriff because <laughs> exactly. she was like, because yeah, he comes in and is like, oh, I want to spend some time with you later, and she's kind of like, yeah, sure, whatever, and then he gets all gross, and then she's like, I'll be back in a minute. <laughs> uh, this with is a, unacceptable. With a man I trust who also owns a gun. <laughs> yes, yes. And he's gonna pistol whip you with a cannon. 
Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Death by Cannon. That's our first Death by Cannon. I thought that was... I can't decide. Was that death better, worse, or the same than uh, than our... Than the duel where uh, <laughs> Woody Harrelson was crushed by a rock. It seems God is saying fit to crush my pelvis. <laughs> yeah, that, that was... I think it was better because it was much more satisfying. Because this yeah. guy's, like, like throughout the movie, like, both of us were just like, man, I just want somebody to pistol whip him. And then, like, yeah. and then the movie found the largest gun they could find to pistol whip a man with. You know, that warms my heart, just thinking about it. My heart is warm. Like, maybe in the writer's room, they're just like, what's the biggest gun you could pistol whip a man with? And I'm probably just thinking they're all things like small arms that you could carry. Be like, what if cannon? And then someone, like, threw down their, their pen and pencil and paper and was like, what are we paying you? Double it. <laughs> Sorry. I looked down at my notes and I just saw I wrote, I wrote big meat with an exclamation point. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there was uh, the back room of that saloon had a, uh, a big pile of meat. Big and hank. For, and it just, it just... It just tickled me because enough because I the, the the thought crossed my mind. You know, you know, it's a funny phrase. Big meat. Arby's, we have the meats. <laughs> Should have been the name of the saloon. What saloon is that? It's the Big Meat Saloon. Why Come are they down? Get some what? big meat. Why are they called the Big Meat? Oh, Sonny, you don't want to know. <laughs> This old Gus works there. I don't know. Old Gus. This is him big meat. (laughs) Oh, man. Speaking of that saloon, this isn't quite the saloon search, but one of the things I did like about that is they carried around glasses of beer. And I'm like, man, I was like, I want one of those. Because sometimes you see like beer served in movies sometimes, especially like before like modern movies uh, in like the last like 30 or so years. And it's just like, that's clearly just like yellow water. Right, right. But I'm just like, man, that looks cold. It looks refreshing. Look good. Like, sign, me, sign me up. Yeah, yeah. I was very impressed with this film. I came in expecting it to be kind of cheesy, over the Camp- top. Campy. Uh, yeah, but it was like a serious Western. And it had a fun, like an interesting story. Uh, the character motivations were pretty were clear. You could follow it. I mean, like, I guess this is us coming off of Sartana. That was like a. Okay, I don't know what you would call that. It was. I don't know. Uh, I, I think I think Pat came up with the best term of, term of phrase that we we can borrow from uh, Shanghai Joe, which is like a series of events caught on film. Right. Yeah. With no, you know, it's like a clip show of something yeah, that like, we don't like... have any reference for. Look, Amy, gunfire. Pew, 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 pew. Right. Which, you know, that, that has its place oh, in absolutely. entertainment. But this was just really nice. It was a story. You could follow it. It was interesting. Somewhat original. Like, I, it yeah. was, I liked it. I liked it D- a lot. Dare I say it's even bordering on being a classic Western. Just be like the the way it was care the, the characters carry themselves. And I, th- I think Elvis missed um, an opportunity. He should have made more Westerns because he really fit in here. He really did. And I really thought, 
I I didn't know he had those kind of acting chops because it it was just an interesting character because he did carry himself as like, hey, I used to be a bad dude, but I'm trying real hard to be a good dude. Mm-hmm. Uh, like that came across, and that was just really cool to see. Like nowadays, I feel like there's this tendency to almost over-explain things oh, yeah. you see in modern movies where it's like every character has to have a backstory we have to know everything about their lives from the moment they were born this and that where this it's like we don't know what elvis did when he was a bandit we don't know mm-hmm. what that was like we don't know how he became friends with sheriff dad and we but we do know that sheriff dan has a has a you know fatherly influence over him yeah like all of that like they didn't have to tell us, like, oh, well, back when Elvis was a young boy, his father was killed by, you know, an elephant. And right, you know. the sheriff took him in. And, like, we didn't have to, they didn't have to tell us any of that. We could just see it, and we immediately understood the relationships. Oh, yeah. And it was believable. I, I was very impressed. And, you know, I think that's, like, some of the best westerns are like that like leave me guessing like that's that's part of the fun of it there's these certain archetypes and i love that because it's a lot of like found families you see in in, in a lot of westerns and, and i like those yeah mm. i like that a lot because i feel like that really fits into sort of what the west what a western is about which is sort of you have nothing, so you make what you can with what you find. So, like, the found family fits in perfectly mm. with that. Like, it's it's hard land out there. You can't, you don't have your pick of of anything. So, you got to make do. Oh, yeah. And, uh, yeah, I mean, man, uh, this was a good one, folks. If you haven't seen it, uh, go see it. I feel like at the time of its release, it was not well received, but... I don't know why. I mean, maybe maybe audiences were they wanted a musical out of Elvis. Like Elvis is in it. Why isn't he singing every five minutes? Maybe maybe that was the problem. But heck, man, he did awesome. Oh yeah, and let's see. Um, yeah, uh, IMDb is only giving it f- uh, five point eight out of ten. Criminal. Yeah, I'd at least give it a seven. Totally. Yeah. I mean, like. This was a solid movie. It's not like the best movie I've ever seen, but man, if you want to watch a western, this is a good one. It's You're a good have a good time. It's a good popcorn cruncher. Elvis looks good. He like does. He, he's trim, he's fit. This is this is pre Vegas residency jumpsuit Elvis. This is prime Elvis. Prime USDA Prime yeah, Elvis. Grade A Prime Elvis from the farm to your plate. Farm to table, grass-fed Elvis. <laughs> In fact, there was one moment where um, uh, Elvis is talking to uh, the love interest, um, Miss Tracy, Tracy, and you know she's just she, she she's fussing because she's like, "You've brought these bad influences into town. What have you done?" And he says, "Trust me." And I was just like, he just said it with like the added uh, unspoken dialogue of "Trust me." I'm Elvis. <laughs> you can trust me. I'm Elvis. Uh-huh. Which, which you know, if I was in a dangerous situation and Elvis came up with a plan, I was unsure. And if he turned to me and he said, trust me, I'm Elvis, I'd go with it. 
Because that's why he's the king. Exactly, yeah. I mean, Elvis has yet to steer me wrong. Hey, you know, he suspended his own career to serve his country. That's also why he's the king. God bless Elvis. <laughs> Long live the king, wherever you are. We know you're still out there. Elvis, if you're listening, we'd love to have you on the show. <laughs> oh, that would be a real get. <laughs> That'd be a real boost for cowpunchers. <laughs> I think he's. I think he'd be like 85. <laughs> Hell, I don't care. I'd love to have Elvis on. It's like, uh, uh, I decided to come out of retirement because I love listening to your show. Oh uh, no, you're you're uh, you're just getting started, but uh, love listening makes makes me laugh when I meet my my peanut butter and banana sandwiches. Oh my God, Elvis! Thank you so much. <laughs> I never would have dreamed of this moment. I could I, ne- I could cry. I didn't know I needed this. I didn't know can, I can, needed the Elvis's El- approval. El- Elvis, please, can you just once? Well, I I don't know. Like, please, just make the noise once. Oh. Uh-huh. Um. <laughs> Thank you, Elvis. You have no idea what that means to us. Gets into his shiny pink Cadillac and drives off into the sunset. I'll, I'll shed a single tear. <laughs> Cherish this moment always. I I, sud- I suddenly look in a mirror and I've got a pompadour. I'm like, how did this happen? <laughs> you got touched by Elvis. <gasps> Instead of touched by an angel, touched by Elvis. I'd watch that show. <laughs> Shit, it'd be awesome. Touched by, touched by Elvis. You remember that show? Touched I by do, an I do, Yeah, I do remember that. Oh man, yeah, those were yeah. the days. Yep. Well, shall we get into some of our regularly scheduled segments? Sure. I want to start off with um, uh, the the postcard moments. Uh, I, I, I feel like we had a lost opportunity here because uh, a little peek behind the curtain. We watched this. Uh, it's for free on YouTube right now. And I wish we'd paid for it because the quality of the images were not that great. Excuse me, but but what we saw from like trailers, it looked like this was this was some good quality cinematography, and it was shot on location, at least the outdoor shots, in Arizona, mm. and uh, they were really pretty, even kind of fuzzy on YouTube. On a lower quality, you know, video, I was like, man, this this had to look really good. Yeah, I mean, uh, yeah, our our video quality wasn't great, but it was Technicolor. Um, so yeah, if you can get yourself a more legitimate copy uh, or, or rent it, it on a streaming service, yeah, it would probably look a lot better. Uh, but yeah, we watched on YouTube. Um, a lot of a lot of beautiful scenery. It was gorgeous. Yeah, like the kind of things you you would expect out of almost like a stereotypical western, like the high mesas. Uh, there's just like little green scrub grass after a hard rain in the desert, and I, I think that's what really came to me is the there's a scene early in the movie where they're riding through like this that that kind of like red dirt dust desert that you associate with mm-hmm. the classic western, and. Um, they're riding up a steep slope to where they're hiding the cannon. And that, that just really struck me. That That is a postcard I would buy. Yeah, that's, not, that's, that's a beautiful one. I'm going to go for my postcard moment. This was, there was a, a part where Vince leads the Mexican army away 
uh, a little oh. side thing, and he he does they do blow them up with the cannon. It's pretty cool. Uh, but at one point, you see the Mexican army kind of marching off, and the you know the camera stays this stays still as they march past, and then right as the last person um, passes the camera, it's just a beautiful valley. You can see a river and a couple mountains in the distance. Green grass. It was just gorgeous. And, you know, that river looked refreshing. Like, you know, like if we'd get like on a day hike or something or we like oh, maybe yeah. rent an off-road vehicle, come out there, get the cooler, put up a grill, like splash some of that water on your face. You just feel like a new person. Yeah. I was like, I want to hang by that river. It looked awesome. Also, cool. sp- Speaking of the Mexican patrol, the most handsome military outfit we've ever seen. Oh my gosh, did you see? I mean, Tracy and Marcy were totally checking him out. Yeah, oh yeah. For well, good he, reason. It didn't look like he had an undershirt on. He just like had that perfect like deep V on his on his oh, double wristed yeah. coat. His hat at a jaunty, rakish angle. Yeah. And you know, Sergeant Guapo there or whatever. That was like the Captain Kirk of the Mexican Army. Yeah. <laughs> Lieutenant Lieutenant Guapo. Lieutenant Handsome Man. <laughs> Senor Del Handsome. Senor Del Muy Guapo. <laughs> we, uh, now is the time where we want to let uh, all the listeners of Cowpunchers know that uh, we stopped studying Spanish after high school. We're sorry. Yeah. <laughs> I, I can't even think of something I learned. <laughs> El Gato. Elvis. Uh, Elvis? <laughs> oh, go to jail. <laughs> oh, man. Shoot. Well, okay. Um, well, do you want to. I know you talked a little bit about the saloon already, but do you want to yes, give please. us the rundown of our saloons? Absolutely. Uh, we actually had two drinking establishments in uh, this movie. The first was like a Mexican style cantina, and like this is the that's the kind of place I'd like to hang out in. Like you're gonna get it's um it was very simple, but what I, the details I liked about it is the windows were were, were painted maybe like nine or so panes on it, and like like the bottom uh, were stained like colorful like yellows, greens, that sort of thing. Like plain plaster walls, like a like a long bar where, you know, on a busy night, you know, after the cowboys come in or the gauchos do their thing, that they can go to the bar and, like, get their tequila, their beer. And I just really like that. And it, did, and it clearly looked like there was, there was a group of, uh, you know, Mexican ranch hands, like, have share, sharing a thing of guac. Oh, like, it yeah. looked great. I was like, yeah. I want to eat there. That looks awesome. And you're going to get some fresh guac there. Oh yeah, the the, uh, the make table side guac. Exactly, and Elvis asks for tequila, and they just give it to him in a bottle with no label. Amazing, oh, yeah. chef's kiss. Mm-hmm. That's the, that's the good stuff right there. Yes, and um, like <laughs> in that same scene, like Elvis gets off his horse and he's heavily armed, and everyone's looking at him, and be like, "Who the hell is this like heavily armed white dude?" yeah they're like what's with this guy and he did like at one point everyone's staring at him and he kind of like puts his hands up like all right like i'm not i'm not that bad of a guy like, i get it i know why you're looking i know i look like a bad dude and then they were kind of like oh okay i guess he's fine yeah 
I thought I oh he's Elvis. Oh yeah ah see he's Elvis. Nah never mind everybody everybody he's cool he's Elvis. <laughs> Everyone be cool. It's Elvis. Yes. And um, the one thing I thought was interesting about this this cantina is that the uh, the women that were there uh, they all had like these like these blouses that really dipped low. Yeah, ill fitting. Like <laughs> I was just like, we are like mere inches away from someone's tit just falling out. Oh yeah, there's no <laughs> structural integrity to those outfits. I'll just be like, we are we are walking a on thin ice here. Yeah, gotta gotta keep that PG rating. Inches from boob town. <laughs> and our uh, second drinking establishment, which is was it the uh, hold on i wrote it down the hotel uh tilford hotel the the bar at the the saloon at the tilford hotel uh classic classic old west saloon with a small stage and you know i I like this because it looked like a small a small establishment because in the old west it's sometimes difficult to get resources in and you might want to spend those more on the rooms especially if you're uh running a place of assignation Mm. (laughs) a special hotel a special hotel anyway (laughs) well you know people know (laughs) what they're getting in these old west saloons exactly uh which is like i said i think you're getting good beer here because what they were serving man that looks cool and refreshing they must have like have a cave or something underneath the bar oh yeah it looked good i was like damn i want a nice cold one here and they had nice glassware yeah like i feel like a king here because you know who is there the king the king yeah (laughs) and other than that it's kind of plain it's kind of got whitewashed boards but there's something about that that just lends itself you know it's not over the top like you're gonna you're gonna get your beer you're gonna get your whiskey they may not be the best you've ever had, but you know what? They're going to be pretty good, and you're gonna and you're gonna enjoy it. And uh, you know, they had that. They had they had big meat, so they got that <laughs> right. too. They got that big slab of meat, so and, and you're right. You know, I feel like sometimes in a western, when you see the saloon, even though it's like a one road town, well, one horse town, they tend to make the saloon almost over the top. Like this one seemed to fit the size of the town. Oh, absolutely. And so I, that, I, I enjoyed that. Me too. Also, yeah. neat detail that I really liked is that they had sawdust on the floor in that saloon. Oh, I didn't notice that. Which is that that's a classic 19th century thing. Because if you know someone spills a beer or like dumps their food or, you know, God forbid, throws up, as you do. At a, at a saloon. In the Old West, because they don't have liquor laws that say you can't sell to drunk people. Right. <laughs> Overserve, never heard of it. <laughs> this is it's eighteen seventy five. Get out of here. <laughs> right, money's money. Exactly. You want to drink till you vomit and die? Be my guest. Right, it's America. You're free to do that. <laughs> so what, what? What else we got? We got. Uh, we got. What? Who brought the Ooh, face? Yes. He happens to be a sweet looking dude. I think, Amy, there's really only one answer here. But you, you tell me. Uh, I'll tell you. The only answer here is the king of face, Elvis. Oh, how many arms do you want? Man, and he looked so good in that beard. 
and he had some great western face. He had some he good did. hard he, stares. Good hard he, yeah, his he was built for the hard stares and the and his like, you know, his sideburns just really brought it all together. Yeah, like he could still look super handsome and still like like grizzled at the same time. Like, yeah, I've seen some things, but I'm still boyishly yeah. handsome. I wouldn't mind having like a poster of his of him given face from this movie. Oh you know? yeah, that'd be awesome. Put that in my basement. So yes, uh, the face goes to the king. Was there any, ever any doubt? Never, never. Because uh, the only other face I can think of is Vince, just because he was just like a like a wimpy, like kind of he was a tool. <sighs> yeah, I mean. He definitely came across as someone who's very insecure, but had the, felt the need to control everything. So I thought that was an interesting way to take the villain. The only other face I can think of was like the smug look of Gunner, who is like he's wearing like a, a uh, Confederate. Yeah, the artillery guy. Ar- artillery uniform. And he's just like, yeah, Stonewall Jackson said I was the best. <laughs> and then at one point. You know, there's like a gunfight between Elvis and the bandits. And Gunner, he, he like fumbles the dynamite and blows himself up. And I was just like, that's great. <laughs> I needed that. Thanks. Thanks, movie. So, Thanks. listeners, just give me a heads up. I'm sorry, listener. Uh, another great reason to watch this movie is Elvis aids in the self-explosion of a racist. <laughs> <laughs> of a confederate soldier of a confederate soldier <laughs> oh no it's elvis i have this live dynamite uh well i guess i'm blown oh, no. up now yep i, I, I done got blown up you picked the wrong side son mm-hmm. never fight against the king never well the old <laughs> us of a anyway so. uh so yeah. yeah hands down no question about the face amy uh do we have anything to for the coot watch? This extraordinary creature is half blind, half deaf. It's that old coot. You know, I don't think I saw any coots in this movie. Or, I mean, there were a couple townspeople who may have been coot adjacent. Um, but, I mean, I, I didn't spot any coots. Did you happen to see any? Maybe Opie the doctor? Well, slash, you know, slash barber he was uh, i'll give him the coot he was a uh you know he was a good coot he's the doctor gives you a shave and a haircut um i liked that he he was fixing up elvis's neck wound and assuming that it was the gunshot from the wanted poster saying like you know the guy they're looking for has a gnarly gunshot on his neck and he's like all right that'll heal up in no time and then he's like do you mind telling me if the guy who shot you uh, is still alive? Like, he's trying to get that gossip. Yeah. But the other part of me was like, you're a doctor. Wouldn't you know a burn versus a gunshot? Well, I don't know if you noticed the uh, the setting, A. Eh? He wasn't a doctor. He was a barber. Well, all right. Okay, you got me there. You got me there. Which, that's not... <laughs> It's not historically accurate, eh? Because <laughs> uh, <laughs> by that time, probably more doctors in the United States than the old 18th century way of having the barber do, like, surgery and that sort of thing. Yeah, I thought that was, like, 
Victorian. Also, the fact, yeah. Also, the fact that uh, you know the 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 classic trope of like we got to do surgery on this guy, so we're going to use whiskey as an anesthetic. Right. Well, I would be surprised if there was any town in the American West at that time and time and place that did not have a bottle of ether on hand. Yeah, I feel like in other westerns we've seen the doctor with have like those blue bottles of various yeah tinctures morphine and, yeah. or ether. Yeah, but you, yeah. But you know what? I, you know what I'm thinking. It's got Elvis in it. We got to give it a pass. Yeah, Elvis gets a pass. Elvis, you get a pass. So, I have one question about this film. Sure. That hit me right before we started recording. Okay. Why is this movie called Charo? I didn't even think about that. You're right. Why is it called? I thought maybe Elvis's character was going to be called Charo. The song made it sound like Charo was a person, but I don't think there was a Charo. No, there wasn't. Apparently they call him Charo in the first scene, which um, it's a Mexican uh, it's a Mexican okay. cowboy is a Charo. Okay. Okay. But I just thought it was interesting. Like, So they call him that in the beginning. The entire rest of the movie, he's Jess Wade. Yeah, they kind of really didn't le- do anything with that. Yeah, they didn't really lean into that. I mean, I guess it, it's a catchy title. It sounds cooler than a movie called Jess Wade. But yeah, that could be anybody. Right? Like, who cares? But Charo, you're like, oh, who's this Charo? What's up? Um, anyway, that was my only lingering question. <laughs> for, for five minutes, that's all you got. Yep. For the first one. Yep. So, well, I think that's, is that all of our segments? I think that does it for us. Um, but you know, this is a pretty good Western. So I guess, you know, if I'm going to rate this, I'm going to give it, um, it's not a perfect movie, but I think I'm going to give it a solid five. Like yeah. This, I, this is, this I is going to say, I think five, five out of six. That's a good, yeah. uh, a good rating for this one. I feel good about that. Yeah. I give it strong. Five five elvises five kings five. Oh, oh. and on that note thank you again for coming out to cow punchers it's been great to have you in the saloon i am always am your old timey saloon keeper with a big handlebar mustache Stu kaufman and i am your huckleberry <laughs> amy mcleod y'all watch yourselves out there on the trail <laughs> yeah